Okay, everybody's got a fucking podcast. I mean, we have a podcast, so obviously anyone can do it. Wait, this is a podcast? Are you recording right now? Technical difficulties. No, you don't say anything. I'm going to edit it out. Technical difficulties. <laughs> okay. I put mayonnaise on a pickle. It was not uh, the best, but it might have been the worst. Do I see? I mean, my feet stink, right? Yeah. And there, there's, there's fucking ten of them. We're going to space. No, no, not this time. Not this time. Not no. today, Batman. Yeah, not today, Batman. You know what went to space? The Ark. No, it went to the heavens. It's kind Something of the like same that. thing. Yeah. They, they used to think that like oh the space God. was the heavens, so it kind of connects. Sure. L space, the space. Da space. <laughs> da space, da space, da space, <laughs> da space. All right, so this is Mike, Michael, Hi. whatever you want to call him. At home, it doesn't matter. I usually don't call him. Going to be talking to him. Yeah, but maybe you can after today. So, he's doing Indiana Jones with us. Maybe he'll be a fixture unless he hates this. Uh, or if we hate him, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see in due time. Both are good. And if uh, you hate him, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> Consecrates <laughs> online, yahoo.com. <laughs> so, uh, real, so, we're doing Indiana Jones. You know that. You read the title. You clicked on the podcast. So, real quick, read through the plot ish just in case it's been a while or you haven't seen it so south america 1936 picture it indy's on a treasure hunt with two questionable locals who both end up being traitors despite beating the odds and retrieving the prize belloc his nazi french nemesis wipes it from him and sticks the natives on him Indy makes his escape uh back home where he's a hunky professor college girls drooling over him uh some cultons who are in consultants who are interested in finding the ark of the covenant fund his trip Meet Marion, an old flame of Indies who's impervious to alcohol, apparently, and has something he needs to find the Ark. Uh, Nazis crash the party. Now Marion's along for the ride with Indy. More locals working for Belloc or the Nazis, who knows at this point, attack Indy and Marion in town. Marion is quote-unquote blown up. Indy, the procrastinating date eater, avoids getting poisoned. They find out Belloc is digging in the wrong place. Indy finds the real location, also Marion, but he can't save her right now. They find the Ark, but Belloc the Vulture strikes again and locks Marion and Indy in with a bunch of snakes. Indy and Marion find a way out, kill some Nazis, make some Nazi puree, and get away on a smuggling trip. Uh, it is overtaken by the ship, excuse me, uh, overtaken by the Nazis, and they take Marion and the Ark back. Indy stowed away on the Nazi ship, makes an attempt to save Marion to no avail. Nazis test out the Ark, everyone dies except Indy and Marion. The Ark goes into government storage, and Indy and Marion go for a drink. The end. So, uh, likes, you want to you start off? I'll, I'll start us second. off. I don't want to put too much pressure okay. on you. Uh, I gotta say, so like this first one, especially there's such a like sense of adventure that carries out throughout this entire movie. I think that is just really good. Um, and something that I don't usually get to persist through like a whole movie. Um, and maybe it's just because it's been a little bit since I've seen it, um, but yeah, just just that, that that sense of adventure, I feel like, just really carries through for it. The formula of having like, uh, you know, kind of like some foreshadowing things that come to fruition, you know, just with either like really minor like plot or character points, um, and some of the other just like major like plot points in general. Um, you know, some of that has some foreshadowing in the beginning. We get to see that come to fruition later on uh, down the line, which is really fun. Um, the dialogue doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, we still have kind of those quips throughout. 
uh, that make it really fun and show that like no one is really too concerned about anything going on at any point in time, which I think really lends to it. Um, and I, I think that ending scene, you know, with the uh, arc kind of being boxed up and, and put through the warehouse, I think that is like one of the most like dynamite, like just little ending bits of, of a movie because it's just the implication of it is incredible and it, it just has such an impact. I, I love it so much. Well, like the end of that. Didn't you just want to see what the hell was in the other box? Yes, like, <laughs> I, I wanted to be the guy. I wanted to be that guy because, like, there's a guy who's probably at that time, you know, making like like what seven dollars an hour as the uh, uh, you know forklift <laughs> driver driving around like the world's most dangerous, you know, you know, batshit artifacts or whatever, yeah. un unknown properties, uh, and there's just this guy who's forklift certified. Whipping his way around, you know, putting him in a uh, box, you know, B-53A. Yep. It's unreal. Yeah. Gets me going. <laughs> and then I was, I always thought like, well, certainly the arc has to come back up. This place has to come up. And then that's like where the crystal skull begins. And then you're like, and then you see like the little glimpse of the arc and you're like, oh, here we are. And then it's like, oh, oh, that was it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Great. Yeah. Underutilized for sure. Underutilized. Definitely. Likes, Michael? Uh, well, I agreed with all that. Sure. Um, I thought this is going to be a really fucking, like, duh statement, but, like, yeah. if you're reading a book, like an action-adventure novel, this hits all of those things because some of the stuff was so unbelievable, and then some of the stuff was like, oh, yeah, I could kind of see that. But it, it just hit that. So I, I listened to a lot of books at work like that, that the certain characters are somewhat like Indiana Jones. You're like, oh. You're listening and you're kind of like, well, that's far-fetched. That's fucking dumb. But then other times you're like, oh, that's, that's awesome. I want to see that. And so this was like gave you that. Um, I thought you kind of said a little bit about the foreshadowing, the lighting of a lot of stuff. So I thought this potentially was like the best opening introduction to a character in a lot of movies that I've seen because the lighting for for like Indiana Jones, he has his back to you on the camera. The first person you actually see, like he turns around and he's dirty and disgusting. You're like, oh, bad guy. Yeah. And like he's the first one in the light. And then the second guy is like, oh, yeah, dirty, disgusting, bad guy. And like the first time you see Indiana Jones, he like is dark and comes into the light. And you're like, oh, there he is. Like, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's kind of cool seeing that. I think also he's like the superhero who's not a superhero. He's the, the guy who comes in and he's like, you know, I guess I'll, I'll do all these crazy things for this thing but I still fuck up left and right. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's one of us, one <laughs> of us type thing. So I, I love that. Like his charisma, his quips, his one liners, all that kind of shit. I thought it was, mm. it was great. Um, and yeah, like I, I mean, everything that kind of hit on, even though a lot of the stuff seemed far fetched, it was just, I mean, it's likable. It's very likable. It's an easy watching movie. It's an easy following plot. It's an easy everything. And it's just, I mean, it's it's not a two-hour James Bond movie where we get no. five subplots that kind of get shoved into yes. it that has to you know be resolved in the last half hour. Um, it does carry you all the way through pretty well. Yeah. Well, if you like walk away to go to the bathroom, get a drink, you come back, you're like, oh, bad guy. Yeah. It's not like who the fuck is you, that? You can pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Pretty exactly. well. Yeah. You know. Well, I won't uh, harp on any of the points you guys went on. So basically, I'll just say it's a fun adventure to go on. It's a good watch, uh, and I'll just funnel into dislikes i guess from there sure. uh not so don't want to be broken record over here so um, dislikes. uh you know 
obviously, like, you know, the plot itself is a little far-fetched with the arc and going into heaven and everybody's face is melting and everything. Yeah. But, you know, you take that for what it is. It's a movie. So you're not going to be a dick about it. Or maybe you are. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know you. Um, but if you just want to go for an adventure, uh, you know, and, and you, you, you are okay with just letting some of that stuff go, then you're in good hands with Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford. Yeah. That's what I'll They'll say. They'll take care of you. Uh, not a, not a lot of dislikes uh, for me, but yeah, you got sure. anything? I uh, I don't know if this is just kind of going through like the the James Bond movies as much, but the the truck sequence that was kind of towards like the uh, you know like middle half, um, you know closer to the end maybe a little bit, um, but you know once the uh, arc had been loaded onto the Nazi truck um, and they're boarding it, and there's just a very long truck sequence of like Indy getting onto I the truck. I thought of you immediately because I was like, <laughs> I know how like kind of you get very annoyed with the bond chase scenes and it's, i was like oh jason's not gonna like this one and on I, the I, truck front of the truck under the truck side of the truck back of the truck i i get exhausted nazis it, on the truck it's, <laughs> it's 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 really what it is i get exhausted with these type of scenes because there's uh, like uh, just some of them are very one-dimensional like they're definitely very interesting like kind of like car chase scenes or um, you know that make it interesting and that it is entertaining throughout and like this started off like well enough that i didn't care about it but at some point, like, I just got very annoyed that we were still on the truck. We were still just punching people, trying to get control of the truck. I don't know how that, like, Belloc and the vehicle they were in lost track of Indy when they were all behind him. <laughs> you guys have guns, too, right? Just yeah. turn around. It, You know, some of that stuff kind of bothered me because I just, once those scenes drag on too much, like, my brain just starts red flagging and it yeah. gets gets a little upset with it. Um, and then just the, you know, 100%, you know, plot luck of, oh, it's a good thing Indy knew to close their eyes and not look at the arc so they didn't, sure. you know, melt. Mm-hmm. Very convenient. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, those those were kind of my harps. I I enjoy this movie quite a bit. So those, those were kind of the only things that are bothersome, I think, going through it again. Yep. I, I agree with that. <laughs> again, I'll preface, I love this movie. But the, like, so the dislikes are just all plot holes. Where it's, I had um, the opening scene, the dudes who were walking through South America with him were like dripping sweat. And he's in like full wool pants, a leather jacket, a heavy duty like shirt. And he's just a little shiny. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he's just like happy go lucky. Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, Yeah, we call that plot air conditioning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so there was like stuff like that. Miriam's alcoholic superpower apparently where she drinks bottles of liquor and doesn't get drunk. I'm like, well, that's cool, I guess. Maybe. Like, is, is that on the box score? Do we know how many shots were on the table? Cause... You know, I don't know if the box score is a hit, and I kind of just gave up on the box score. <laughs> I probably should have. I don't know. No, it's all right. I was thinking, I was like, there was at least like 14, I think, on either side. Yeah. yeah. Well, so there was that, and then there was also when she, uh, Bellic was like, hey, put this dress on. I think you'll look really pretty. Mm-hmm. And she like got drunk with him, and then like... Sober again, pulled the knife. Yeah, she ah. was she was just faking it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've all um, been there. So that Miriam in the truck when Indy comes, shoots the driver, and then it just kinda like tips over and then just blows up. <laughs> yep. Um very Bond esque. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh when they're in the digging site and Indy and like the head of the digging crew just like walk up to this very important map room and untouched, no one sees them. They're able to do that. With that also after they figure out where to dig they just like walk over to this site no one sees them with a group of like 20 30 guys about to dig and like i feel like it's it's blatantly obvious like oh like if you're looking at anything like who the, who the fuck are those guys what are they doing over there 
It's like, yeah. uh, is that, is that part of our crew? No? Uh, we should go check that out. I would ask you to not underestimate just thinking, I don't want to mess with that. It's like, who knows what they're in? I don't care. <laughs> I've got 800 been. other people i got to manage. Two guys it messing off, we'll probably kill them by dinner. Someone else will deal with it. I 100%. They'll, they'll be dead. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, oh, the other one besides those was uh, the U-boat. So he, like, they get away. The Ark, you know, gets put on the only cargo of this huge ship, apparently. And then the Germans seize it. They go, the U-boat goes, which historically a U-boat is a submarine. Yeah. Indy just dives in and swims over to the U-boat. And they don't show him, like, getting into the U-boat. But they show, like, the transition scene of the U-boat traveling, like, a thousand miles. Yeah. I'm like, well, if that was the case, it probably went under the water for a bit. And you're like, well, where the fuck did Indy go? Well, he's just on the side. Yeah, <laughs> he's just holding. Yeah. He's just got a really long yeah. hose going up for air. But So it was I, one of those. It was like, ah, it's very far-fetched and hard to believe. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it depends on the U-boat, right? Like, do they have a locking mechanism? Because obviously there's a hatch. You have to have, you know, topside access. So was it locked? Was there a secret... Uh, you know, knock shake you gotta do to get in. Well, here's the other thought is like, well, I guess they weren't at war at the time, so maybe they weren't gonna submerge and like we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, he's also Indiana Jones and he'll figure it out. Yeah. He's he's got that infinite luck. Things <sighs> just work out. Yeah. Right. I mean he's got a whip. I mean, look, if Marion <laughs> for everything his his uh, co characters can't figure out, like Marion can't figure out how to open the fucking latch in the plane. Yeah. He can he can figure out how to get into a U boat. You know he makes up for the other character's stupidity. Damn damsel in distress. Mm. Yep. Uh, so bad trailer. Uh, this could have been a bad summary too for me, but I said it's the prequel to Snakes on a Plane. It's called Snake on a Plane and other places too. <laughs> and other places too. That's good. It's pretty good. So I, uh, I I took some of the scenes from uh, uh, Marion kind of like drinking some of like the, you know, cityscape landscape shots made yeah. it kind of like a uh, lighthearted journey of self-discovery with just the briefest glimpses of the ending with everyone screaming and melting in there and then back to business as usual with kind of like the, the self-discovery stuff that I think would be fantastic. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, she went and found herself. There was that weird period of time where a bunch of Nazis got melted though, but other than that, it was pretty Yeah, that fun. was rock bottom, yeah, okay. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Pulling yourself up by the britches, big guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> I said uh, all those commercials that are coming out now, like the black and yellow commercials that are like, Jesus is real. I was just like, oh, yeah, just show the last thing of the Ark of the Covenant and be like, Jesus is real. See? That's Something's that's real, uh, that's for uh, sure. Yeah. You're like, I thought he loved us. Well, he loves us, but we're not Nazis. <laughs> right. Uh, bad summary. I say, I just said Nazis take a sudden interest in archaeology. Mm. I think they've always been interested. You know, I feel like there was a, a big thing around kind of scientific discovery and just like pseudoscience sure. kind of things around uh, the the rise of Nazi Germany. I, th I think they made some questionable choices on what to put their faith and power in. But <laughs> Yeah, good wording. Questionable <laughs> choices by the Nazis. <laughs> the Nazi, what's that Gary Goldman joke where he's talking about uh, Hitler and his shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. No, I had a uh, local atheist questions faith after a trip to Egypt. <laughs> That's good. good. That's good. Uh, mine's a bit longer. 
So I went, while Nazis try to turn God's love into the ultimate weapon, lovable grave robber and <clears throat> lovable grave robber intervenes with alcoholic ex-girlfriend, foiling <laughs> Hitler's plan to give the U.S. government uh, said weapon, which then put into weapon, or which then goes into warehouse never to be seen again, wasting said ultimate weapon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's important to note that uh, spirit damage in this world is all vision based. So if you do not look at it, spirit damage cannot be acted upon you. So yeah. just keep that in mind, folks. Yeah. That's why when you're scared, you close your eyes. Yep. Yeah. Just like Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's like when you're in bed at night and you're like, well, if my foot's under the cover, whatever's in the room can't get me. You know? <laughs> exactly. This is the way. <laughs> if, if I hang my foot slightly off the bed, it can grab me. But if I'm close to the edge, I'm a okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So into notes. I don't know that we'll do the blow through. It just seems like we got. I I feel like bad about, casting. Right? You didn't have any bad casting for this. Oh, film? I'm sorry. I you know, yeah, that's my bad. I had it. it I won't even. It's stupid. So, <laughs> I think my new method of bad casting is just googling movies from the same year and finding <laughs> actors from those movies. Uh, so that's so sad. I did the same thing, but I I typed in top grossing actors right. actresses. Like, I think this one was 81. So I just put 81. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. It's not a bad it. strategy. Uh, so I like Michael Myers <laughs> for Belloc. <laughs> you know um, what? That would actually be really fun. Just keeps coming back. Uh, that would be pretty fun. I like James Caan for Indy. It doesn't work at all. There you go. I love it. And I like Jamie Lee Curtis sticking on the Halloween thing for <laughs> Marion. Uh, and it almost seems unfair to Jamie Lee Curtis, like, you know, because she does stuff later, but like, she was very 1981 scream queen era yeah she was pretty one-dimensional yeah like 1981 doesn't have a lot of other skills yet yeah Jamie Lee curtis for marion yeah i uh i went for jerry seinfeld as indy okay <laughs> so oh, just all like the good like quips and kind of like the hardened man american kind of thing replaced with just sarcasm and apathy yeah oh i'm like you can't keep taking the treasure <laughs> This guy thinks he can come take all the treasure. Belloc. It, it transforms the whole movie. Hello, Belloc. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Newman. Belloc. Yeah. <sighs> oh, so good. Um, so looking everything up, I was like very surprised to see Tom Selleck was the original thought to play Indy. And I was like, ah, that'd be kind of cool, I guess, maybe. Uh, but if Probably I was, not. <laughs> if I was to look at Indiana Jones as like a comedy back then, uh, Chevy Chase starting out his career, <laughs> sure. being Indiana Jones, just all his little intricacies and stuff, I thought would be hilarious. Sure. Um, if we were to, again, to make it as funny as possible, the like geeky Nazi guy with the glasses who like gets the imprint on his palm, mm-hmm. Mel Brooks, mm. uh, <laughs> just go. coming in with that. I'm just like, ah, I'd be pretty fucking funny. And then Belloc. Uh, Prince, super flamboyant, <laughs> just little like things here or there. You're like, oh, I got that guy French. What's going on with that guy? Yeah. But like he drops the accent entirely. It's literally just Prince. <laughs> it's just it's Prince. Prince. Yeah. It's like, no, Prince, like you got your French. He goes, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> oh, man. That would be pretty good. Good stuff. All right. So again, now we'll start the notes thing. Sure. Bad. Um, I don't think we need to do the blow through thing because, you know. Yeah. The story is pretty straightforward. I don't feel yeah, like there's, we can, there's a lot of nuance. We can just kind of rotate and give whatever notes we feel necessary. Um, so, special features, um, honestly kind of lacking in the box set, if I'm honest. Uh, there was not like a deleted scenes section or anything. I, I, I like to get into that kind of stuff a lot. So, 
was a little disappointed. Um, but uh, the main storyline they uh, kind of harped on a lot was just that George Lucas, uh, you know, came up with this idea while doing Star Wars and was like, this is a movie I want to watch. And then he called his buddy Steven Spielberg and was like, make this. And then it was always supposed to be a, a trilogy, I guess. Hmm. Um, so he's like, hey, buddy, make these movies. I don't have time. I'm doing Star Wars. Um, hey, by the it's way, a, this is going to really make your career look great. He's like, gonna, <laughs> go, well, go, you know, it's, it's, it's not a bad thought, though. You know, you think about it, it's like, you know, like I've, I've, I've seen, you know, a bunch of these movies. I have, you know, my own work inside of that. It's like, but here's something like I'm really interested in. Like, this would be really cool to see. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you can give that to somebody, especially someone you trust, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, hey, like this, this, this is an idea. Here's a vision. Like create the thing that I want to watch. Like mm-hmm. you almost have like that. You know, it's like, hey, like I know you can do this thing. Can I commission you to do yeah. this thing for me? You know, yeah. I, I think there is something really interesting about that is creating content for like a <clears throat> this is a want I have. I'm going to find somebody who can do the thing. You do the thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that creates good content because you're already starting off with the right foot of a this is something I want to consume this is media I want to consume yeah. with that said I wonder what Lucas would have done differently I wonder what he talked to Spielberg about and like how much input he had did you figure that out through if well, I mean, much Lucas like is an executive or, producer yeah. so I mean you know he's there for some stuff um, I guess um, so, something Spielberg was talking about was the last three movies he made was like you know everything was over time over budget like you know bigger jaws and it was a couple other things the one before it 1941 i with that said i've never seen i heard it was just a huge flop it had like john belushi and whatever it was like a fighter pilot or some shit oh okay i don't know it's it's what when i looked it up it was like oh yeah huge flop and so it was kind of like hey buddy like do better here we go let's do this and it was like a potential for some stuff. Yeah, presenting some opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all Lucas's idea, so I, I think he's got some creative input there. I mean, he they a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff there, you know, there's a lot of Lucas being on set for whatever, so um, I, w- I would imagine a good bit of creative input. Uh, but it's just, it was funny to me that uh, it was just kind of this Lucas going like, hey, make this. I want to watch it. And uh, Spielberg being like, oh, yeah, I'm making this movie for my friend, and I'm going to stay on budget, and I'm going to stay on time because the last three movies I haven't. And, uh, like, he's just kind of like, you know, like he was talking about whatever shots we get, like, you know, if we don't get a shot, like, that part's not in the movie. You know? He really said that. Yeah, himself. yeah. <laughs> and so... Can't be over budget. It can't be over time, man. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Right. Can you imagine if Lucas was like, all right, this is the best part of the movie, and Spielberg's like... All right, everybody, don't fuck this well, up. Well, you know, there's probably a judgment call or two oh, made in sure. there and be like, like ah. We have two takes. If you fuck it up, we're yeah, done. Yeah, no, the faces aren't melting. We didn't get it. <laughs> we didn't get it. Sorry. <laughs> re-roll, re-roll. We can uh, fix that in post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just, it, it's crazy to me that, like, that's how the mindset was for, like, the first one. And then it becomes one of the more classic movies there are, you know, one of the more classic characters there are. Yeah. And turns into you know, and now we're making a fifth one, which is already out. But Dial of Destiny, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so very interesting mm. to me. The thing neither of us have said is John Williams' score. The Indiana Jones music is like one of the most iconic musics. 
and you're like ah like instantly you hear that you're like indiana jones yeah yeah and and so one odd kind of thing about that is because of how like interesting that score is and how much it complements a lot of storytelling is when it's uh not present in certain scenes how much i noticed that there wasn't a score present so like specifically i think about the scene where like the the bar kind of caught fire um Mm -hmm. in the beginning marion's bar um, and there was, you know, all that chaos going on there fighting. At one point, like, my brain just took notice of the fact that there hadn't been a score in a while and that it was just the sound of, like, fire crackling and grunting mm-hmm. and not a lot of dialogue <laughs> or anything. And it, like, it became uncomfortable because I was, like, I felt like there was such an absence of score that could have at least been lightly in the background complimenting this and it just wasn't there. And then it picks back up once we get to the next scene, you know, mm-hmm. kind of once we get out of that. Um, but there were a couple of just these really small spots where the score wasn't present, and I think it lingered too long. And I think just with how fun and interesting the score is throughout the movie is that when they're not there, it felt very apparent to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, that it, it didn't have that accompanying some of those scenes. So it was kind of odd. Yeah. Well, and the fun thing with John Williams, you know, obviously did Star Wars and everything. Um, you notice, you know, like the end of movie song that um, – like the the resolution music basically in like episode five and I think in four, if I'm remembering right, but like definitely in six, it's like the same resolution music like when Indy has you know uh, completed the mission, yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah. Same thing, just kind of like a couple notes changed up, like literally the exact same tune. But it's it's franchise music, right? You get to use it every time. It means the same thing every time. You know, it, it right. works. Yeah. Yeah. Crossing over franchises. That'd be so yeah. funny. If, if he just used that for everything he did. Like, dude, this is a Pixar movie. Guys. It's going to work. Trust me. There's no such thing as copyright infringement. I wrote that. <laughs> I gave the thumbs up. They told me to do it, and I'm here, yeah. and I'm putting that one in. Look, man, do it now. Ask for forgiveness later. Figure it out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. You got something? Uh, so I, I kind of just have, you know, we're going into, like, the major notes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of talk about uh, creating something iconic in general. I felt mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of what you had spoken to earlier, Mike, um, with kind of that, uh, you know, presentation of Indy in the beginning. Um, you know, you show character, they're all, you know, dirty and sweaty and gross. Uh, and then we show mm-hmm. Indy, and it's kind of like that silhouetted character mm-hmm. who comes into the light and looks a little bit better. Um, and, you know, then we kind of see like that silhouette or that shadow of Indy. Um, when we get to Marion's bar, um, you know, I see enters in kind of have like those slightly haunted shoulders we have yeah. the hat coming in there's this profile of indy that for some reason even this early into the movie the first entering of the series um it feels familiar mm-hmm. right so it's like kind of creating like this iconic character this iconic silhouette it's something that's really hard to pull off but i felt like lands pretty well you know early on in the movie um and then kind of carries throughout um, but I also wanted to talk about how setting like the whip as like an iconic tool weapon yeah. kind of thing is like absolutely incredible. <clears throat> so like in that first instance that we have with Indy, um, he has the whip, he, you know, whips the dude, knocks the gun out of his hand who was sneaking up on him there mm. later on. Once they're in, uh, you know, kind of that temple, he uses it as the tool to, you know, rope swing across mm-hmm. the gap and everything. Um, and it just has like this really iconic sound to it. And we just, we very early set on kind of like these small pieces uh, that uh, I, you know, I guess if you want to call that like foreshadowing, but these small pieces that carry on throughout the entire movie and obviously throughout the series a bit. 
Um, you know, in this movie, I felt like it was very kind of heavy handed in those couple of things where it's like we have this awesome character, this awesome silhouette. We have this awesome tool. And there's just like by the end of the first watch, like those are things that could stick out in your brain as far yeah. as like India is comprised of, you know, this this ensemble, this, you know, the clothes <laughs> he's wearing, the hat he's got on, the tools he uses, you know, the quips and stuff there. Um, so to add to that a little bit, it's also funny because you have that character morphing then when he's chasing after Marion when she's in the basket and it's the whole iconic scene of the huge dude with the sword. And he's like, yeah. Oh my God. And shoots I love him. that. And it's so like, much. you just kind of morph and you're like, dude, so relatable, hilarious. I love that guy. And it just adds that like small slit, like sliver of comedy in there when it's a serious scene. You're like, ah, yeah. Like again, relatable. I just want well, more of that guy. You know, and uh, again, we, I, I always, I'll go back to the Bond movies so much when thinking about Indiana Jones for some reason. Um, but you know, when I, when I think about a lot of that stuff, it's so much of a, why don't you just kill the guy? Yeah. You know, there's there's so much of that that takes place. And I feel like Indy is kind of the character who, like, oh, like, there's the guy doing, like, this, you know, sword flourish. He's flipping it all about. They finally I'll just it. kill him. Yeah. I'll, I'll just shoot him. Yeah. Because that's finally. easier. Like, it's just, it, it makes so much sense. And <laughs> you I want think, me to kill that guy? How about I just kill that guy, huh? <laughs> asking too much. But, man, does it land. It's so good. So I've heard n- numerous things about that scene, too, of, like, they did so many takes, and he was exhausted, and he was like, why don't I just fucking shoot him? Mm. And it was something like that. And I don't know if you came across that, like, in the special features or what, or, like, heard anything about it. Because I've heard, like, mixed things about him, just like, no, the whole plan all along was just for him to shoot him, because he's going to be tired from running. It, it's really annoying, because I've seen things where it's like, oh, Harrison Ford was sick that day, you know? <laughs> And so they were just like, ah, how about just shoot him? And then you hear like, well, it was a long day and Harrison Ford was tired. And so let's just shoot him. And then, uh, by the way, not mentioned once in the special features. Like, I mean, like they kind of mention it and they're like, you know, but they, of course, made it sound like, oh, it's a uh, it's like a, you know, just a fun. It's supposed to be a funny moment. And they acted like it was supposed to be a thing. But then you hear an interview from another another producer, and it's like, well, you know, we were kind of running low on time that day, and we heard, you know, it was supposed to be this big whip sword fight thing, and we'll just, you know, we'll just shoot him. Yeah. So, like, no one seems to have a fucking answer. Uh, like, the truth is somewhere in the middle, whatever, but it works, so just keep Time, going. I guess Harrison wasn't sick, maybe he was tired, and uh, it was also funny. I don't, yeah, something, like, you know, something. Don't worry, they're gonna love it. Put put all the put all of them on a dice and roll it, and that's yeah. the one, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> on the topic of whips, uh, is that a is that a thing you can do? Just like like wrap it around something and swing. Everything in this movie was fact. <laughs> I would assume parts of that are potentially. I don't know. Maybe like it's, he belie- uses it's believable the shit out of it. Like, oh, yeah. like, and then especially in like temple, I feel like he does it a few times too. Or he's just like, and it, like, it doesn't even seem like he's putting that much effort in. It's just kind of like, you know, here we go. And it's like, you're just trusting that. Like what if it just like, <laughs> you know, and you fall into the fire and yeah. movies over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be like an extremely high grit leather, something that this whip is built out of, you know, just to have grip on anything it's attached around to support his weight. Cause yeah, I mean that yeah. first gap, it's like, yeah, just whip. 
wrapped around, I think, you know, the tree branch that was hanging over or whatever. And then, yeah, supports, you know, full body weight. Yeah. Swinging everything. And then, well, and then, like, how is it that easy to get down if it supports you? Yeah. Like, isn't it just kind of like, like, wouldn't you picture him like, come on. Right. You know? That would be hilarious. (laughs) I don't know. It it, it is kind of unrealistic in that sense. But, you know, maybe maybe there is, like, the, uh, you know, he's used it long enough that he knows, like, all right, so if I... If I, like, you know, whip it a little bit after it's hooked around something, that gives it enough slack all the way around, right. you know, that depends it loosens you, up and I can get it. It depends on the, like, little wiggle with the wrist movement. It's all yeah. about the wrist. He's really good at geometry, probably. Yeah, you're asking He's him. He's a professor. Yeah. You ask him about it, and he's like, well, you just got to whip it good. Whip it. Yeah. Whip it good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if there was, like, a spoof Indiana Jones, it would definitely be him, like, you know, wrapping it around something to swing and then just falling. And then there'd be like the it works, and then just him sitting there, like, come on, get the fuck off the, you know. So, uh, yeah. Pit of despair. Nah, just chance it. You're good. You'll be fine. <clears throat> what you got? Um, I mean, there's the whole movie itself had a ton of tropes in it, which it's always tropes. the same. You know, I feel like with him, it's the same stuff. You know, quip one-liners. You get to like him. Damsel in distress. Um. You know, she's she's in this big dress at a time where it's super inconvenient, uh, drops in, dress rips. He catches her early on uh, with the spiders in the beginning scene. He's like, ah, I don't care about spiders. Snakes. I care snakes. about snakes. Fuck snakes. Oh, that's going to come about later on, probably. Oh, wait, it does. And yeah. so, oh, that was another pothole that I looked at. I was just like. That's a King Cobra. That's a boa constrictor. That's a this. That's yeah, a that. talking about like black asps or something. I yeah, think and I'm just like, like, my brain went to that. That tomb's been sealed for thousands of years. How are they alive? Well, if you think about the period of time it takes for a snake to be born, maybe there's enough baby snakes born that the baby snakes eat all the adult snakes, and it's just like an in hibernation. A, you know, a big old cycle of just eating your dad. Could have been, I guess, but it, again, so far we've all been there. That you're, not in the game. We've way all been of there. eating your dad. But, no yeah. homo. We've all been there. In the survival instinct <laughs> yeah. of eating your dad. Um. <laughs> oh, and then the other trope was like Indy has to face this huge giant bad guy, and it, it again with that doesn't show him killing or murdering bad guys, so you still like Indy. It shows bad guy trying to kill Indy, and then killing himself running into the propeller we were like ah thank god nazi's bad indie good still yeah nazi like, puree but mm-mm. and that's you know and again one of the other things i feel like like some of the bondism stuff kind of carries through a little bit is because it's so much of like a you know when bond would fight a villain that's he's no match for it's like the outsmarting or like the out scenarioing yeah uh you know the villain and i feel like that's that's kind of what takes place you know it's like indie can handle the average bad guy that shows up but when it's like the biggest, baddest, you know, guy showing up there, then it's like that's when you need a little bit more of the scenario uh, to where, you know, either he kind of kills himself due to, you know, the, the German dude kind of yeah. enacting. You know, I, I don't know if, if I was standing there and turned around and saw propeller blades coming, I might die for it. He didn't try. He didn't, sure, he didn't try yeah. too hard. I think like, he was ready. Turn and like, uh, I think he was ready. Definitely like Austin Powers, you know, forklift, steamroller, steamroller yeah. coming at five <laughs> yeah. miles an hour, no! twenty no! feet away. Hey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing, the not all the way one hundred percent, but kind of like the funny, lovable villain 
of like the geeky Nazi guy with glasses. So when he comes into the tent with Miriam in that dress and he like, it looks like nunchucks. Yeah. He pulls them out and everyone's like, <gasps> and, and ends up as a coat a hanger. And they're like, <sighs> most intricate hanger ever. Yeah. yeah. Or like he goes in and he has all these like, you know, pulls the poker out and she's like, oh no, let's talk again. He goes, that time has passed. And you're like, oh, we, we set okay. him up to be like this very kind of like hardened, like sadistic, you know, Nazi dude. Mm. Um, grabs it and instantly that's gone yeah. all credibility down the drain <laughs> ah! a, little, a little embarrassing because yeah he just like flees entirely yeah. it, it was a little embarrassing on his character that was the other thing he ran outside put his hand in the snow and then disappeared you're absolutely right like just gone well all his friends were dead but like you gotta figure like like the two main characters Indy and Miriam come out and she's like, you're my partner now, blah, blah, blah. And just like, you'd think he'd be like, yeah, but I still have a gun. And like, yeah, but like all those guys had guns and that badass Indiana Jones just whipped all their asses in that bar, you know? I guess. And he whipped it good. <laughs> Literally whipped all their asses, you know? So not to be punny, but yeah, uh, <laughs> not to be punny, but I'm going to be funny. Can't help it sometimes. But uh, just to harp on it, because one of my other notes is about kind of how underutilized. Uh, so Major Arnold Tot, I think, Tote, Tot, whatever, um, is is the character. They have the glasses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of how underutilized he was as a kind of like villainous character, even if he was not kind of like the major antagonist. Um, just that in general, like we set him up for this really kind of like creepy, sadistic tone as he enters Marion's bar. You know, he has no problems with, you know, branding Marion and using kind of like torture methodology Mm -hmm. to get information out of her. So, like, it's all like very kind of like dark and intense. And it's kind of odd against this character who looks a little dorky, I think, you know, as far as like my impression of him as, you know, visual. Yeah. Um, So he looks kind of dorky, but he's like, you know, this sadistic person who is in charge can make these calls and can cause this damage to a person. Yeah. So, like, it was really cool as kind of that first setup. But I feel like that folds, you know, once he picks up the medallion, he get, it burns his hand and he kind of goes and cries off or whatever. He loses a lot of credibility there. And then just as he kind of comes back into the later scenes, once we're in, uh, you know, the desert, um, you know, he's supposed to be still like this, like creepy, sadistic Nazi dude. And I just feel like we didn't make him as like scary or as uh, impactful. And I, I think about um, Inglorious Bastards, that intro scene. Mm-hmm. Where it's kind of like that interrogation, and it's really like this like calm, terrifying conversation you yeah. have, um, you know, with the you know, the Nazi dude or whatever, um, you know, Inglorious Bastards. They're you know looking for this Jewish family, you know, and in this it could be the interrogation about like you know what can you tell me about the artifact, where is Indy, all of that stuff, like that type of conversation. If we could have put it in this movie, would have been like incredibly effective and just really cementing this character's tone and, 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 you know, kind of this mentality of this character, um, and showing that like, you know, the, the Nazis are these batshit people a little bit who are, who are willing to inspire this fear in people, but in this very calm and like almost humanistic way. Um, and I just felt like that would have had so much weight if we had bothered to utilize that character effectively. Yeah. But we kind of made him a joke after he burned his hand, he ran away, and then we just never really gave him the proper treatment, I think, in the rest of his appearances in the movie. So do you think that's a fault of the movie being made in the 80s? And if, with that said, currently, if that movie were to come out last year, that would have been included and changed? 
I, I think it's a little bit of the product of the 80s. So like, uh, overall, like, you know, this this movie in general, I don't feel like had quite as much of, like, the darker tones that, um, you know, say, like, Temple of Doom had. I felt yeah. like overall, like, some of the vibe of Temple of Doom was a little darker than, you know, what we have in Raiders of the yeah. Lost Ark. Child slavery. So, you know, it's, it's all bad. So um, I, I do feel like a little bit of maybe just that time and the tone that they were trying to set for the movie is that it wouldn't be quite as applicable. But I think more in just in like the realism and effectiveness of the character itself mm-hmm. is that's that's where it had to lack because it wouldn't have fit quite as much that tone of the rest of the movie. Yeah, I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. It would have the, the movie itself would have gone a completely different direction away from kind of comedy to a lot more serious action packed stuff like that. Yeah. With that said, all the practical effects in this movie were fantastic. Oh, mm-hmm. gee whiz. Um, gee willikers, mister. I, I, <laughs> you are so excited. That's going to fall down right now. I'm going to have to fix that. <laughs> no, but I, 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 I don't know. I get, I get weird rocks off on like practical and special effects kind of in like the seventies, eighties and nineties because they're so neat. Just was awesome. Based off yeah. of the technology materials that were available at the time and, and just the production styles in general. It's like there were only these things available to people and they made them look so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and this movie, you know, it, they ending especially with the, the, the melting of the faces and just looking up scenes. on melting faces. I did not know. So it, it had to have been like claymation of some sort or so something. basically they wax face. They, you know, did hey, the thanks Crayola. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they did, you know, the mold of everybody's faces. Right. Sure. And so made like the skull kind of deal. Right. And then they painted on all these different colors of, of gelatin. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> they painted on all these different colors of gelatin and they'd throw like you know a random you know different color here on this layer like lines and shit so then when it's melting like it kind of looks like veins and whatever yeah and so it was like very thin gelatin uh but like layer after layer after layer after layer and so then they had like two big propane space heaters thrown at it it takes and then there's a guy underneath it with like a blow dryer like oh this section's not melting fast enough and he's like doing over here and it's like oh wait this section needs to speed up so um so they shoot it at normal speed obviously but then speed it up as so it took 10 minutes to get everything to melt off of there and then they had to speed it up like 240 times yeah uh, to shoot it in normal time gosh and that's just so cool oh it is did they only do I mean, how many shoots do they have to do for that? I mean, every person's face that melted. Well, could you, you know? imagine they're just like, hey, that one didn't look that great. His We're face have to didn't melt. Redo it again. Melt. Like, dude, it took us 35 hours to build that. Right. Like, all right, well, two more. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, basically, like when they shot the scene, like they basically just had everybody like, okay, just, you know, look, try to do your best to look like a dead skull. You know, and they just like froze everybody. Like, everybody's like, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I guess that's kind of the thing see. is, you yeah. know, did they film the scene first and then have to build, yeah. you know, the the uh, you know statues kind of around the the face that they were yeah. making, so they had that as a reference point or yep. which yeah. way? So, uh, in that scene, did you get Ghostbuster vibes with like all the stuff coming out and how they shot it with that? You know, that's pretty fair <laughs> because well, so instantly my brain was like, uh, reminds me of Ghostbusters because it's like that's probably the only technology they had at the time. Yeah. So I'm just like, I saw that with all the stuff coming out and like the faces and I'm like, ah, it really looks fucking super 80s. Yeah, whatever. I get that. But it's just like Ghostbusters. 
Yeah. That that is really fair. So at the time, that definitely was not a thought that went through my head. But as you say that now, uh, I can definitely see it. Yeah. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Um, it just feels right. <laughs> the other thing I was thinking was, I just watched Bird Box like a couple weekends ago. And uh, the whole thing is like, you can't look, you know, because mm. you'll see whatever, which you never see whatever it is they're not allowed to see. Because then we'd die. <laughs> it's it's a good plot element. You know what? They're really considerate for that. You're right. Um, <laughs> they want to repeat the ring. Right. Uh, so I just thought, I was like, is this a, is this a bird box prequel? Like what's going on? You know, that's all I could think. Like, Shut your eyes. I also couldn't help but think like alternate ending to that scene. Like Indy's like, Marion, Marion, we made it. <laughs> Marion? 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 Oh, nice. Turns around. She's just a fucking. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit. It only slightly changes that ending scene, though, you know? He just doesn't have anyone to talk to and get a drink with afterwards. Yeah. Well, I mean, I- I'm sure he'd recover well enough. Every hero needs a woman to bone at the end of the movie. Sure. So it was just we, so it was so fitting though at the end when they, he's just like all grovelly and like top people are gonna look into it and she's like want to go for a drink yeah yeah I'll go for a drink yeah, like, yeah you alcoholic yeah. slut let's yeah. go <laughs> like ah fuck, yeah well you fine, know for someone who can put down fourteen shots and still be pretty operational like being sober has got to be just the worst experience in her life. I don't like myself. Yeah. She's got like an IV hooked up to one of those like uh you know, camelback things. Oh, she's just, just so funny. Yeah. yeah. Just wandering around in a The second those the second those came out, she was like, Fuck yeah. Yeah. Her blood alcohol level is like eight percent. Yeah. Like just waking up too. Yeah. <laughs> How do you uh, think she got to sleep? Yeah, no, you're right. Um you know, talk about Belloc. How he's just the fucking worst. Like, refuses to do any work of his own. Like, just comes in, takes sure, the you've prize. you've had a manager before. <laughs> Great point. Great point. Ever had a job? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, also I mean, with that, they didn't paint him to be the worst, though. Like, right. yeah, you could take those little bits and be like, dude, the dude's lazy. Jumps on the back of everybody else, whatever. And you're mm-hmm. like, eh. What it really is is a pro strategy, though. Yeah. I mean, outside of the labor costs that he incurs by having a bunch of people dig in the wrong spot, uh, all you have to do is kind of, like, vaguely follow Indy around and then just put him in an uncomfortable spot after he makes the find and you're fine. Hey, watch him. I'm going to kind of make it weird. Just make sure you pay attention to what he does. I see no problems with the strategy. It would only have worked out for him every singular time. I just, like, to me, like, the fact that that guy's making a living and it's like, you know, like, how do you sleep at night, you know? Because, like, I don't know. Uh, on a bed made of cash? <laughs> well, sure, but, like, <laughs> I, I guess, Nazi like, cash? Well, because you think, he, he discards all, um, uh, what do I want to call, like, responsibility and accountability for it. So if you think about some of the conversations he had with the other German dudes... Where it's like a, um, you know, I didn't say to do this. I said it could be here, you know, as far as like the dig site location there and that they're just kind of going for it. And then, um, you know, when they're kind of arguing about sending like the daily, uh, you know, updates back to the Fuhrer. um, Like it it was it was so much of discarding responsibility of just a I just provide information and, you know, uh, insight. You know, Mm -hmm. you guys are the ones making the orders. 
So like this is all on you, and I feel like discarding all classic of that, French move. Yeah, discarding all of that accountability <laughs> to them. That's why he sleeps good at night because yeah. all he does is show up for his work and just provides that insight and information. But the insight yeah. and information is is just from him falling Indy around, right. going like, "Oh, well, Indy knows." Sure. I don't know. It's just, I guess, part of the fun of like making an awesome living like that is knowing like, well, it's because of me. You know, but in his case, it is not because of him. I mean, I guess it's because he follows the other guy around. Yeah. I but, I mean, there is still a, uh, like, a knowledge, you know, that's required to interpret the stuff Indy does, right? Like, right. so it, there is still, I think, that baseline of, like, a, he's good enough to be able to understand what Indy's doing and some of the thought process behind it. Yeah. He's just not good enough to be Indy and do it by himself. He plays the game, but he plays his own game. Because in the beginning, uh, when Indy comes out with the relic... He's like, you chose the wrong team. You should be able to speak this language. And, of course, Belloc speaks that language. And you're like, oh, okay, that guy's kind of credible. Like, he's got some know-how. But he plays the game the way he plays the game, yeah. not the way we think he should play it, yeah. if that makes any he's, sense. He's, he's, he's the puppet master approach. He gets people. He knows people. Yeah, he good. has yeah. people who does a thing. Indy yeah. is just the guy who does the thing. Right. So. Yeah. Um, I... I didn't think he was that bad watching this. Like, yeah, he's painted as like, this is the bad guy. Ah. But they also push it as like, Nazi's bad. He works for Nazis. Again, maybe that's his whole thing is like, hey, I'm not one of them. I'm just collecting a paycheck. He just annoyed the shit out of me. Just the like the person that's like takes credit for other people's work. Well, he's that also, just you want him to get shit beat up. Yeah. And in the in the scene where he goes into the bar and he thinks Miriam's dead and he's drinking a whole bunch, yeah. and then Belloc's there and he just like I'll show you something and everybody pulls a gun and all those kids come. You're just like I wish he would have just punched him in the face. I would have felt better if he would have said hit him just once, yeah. just once. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel better, which it made me feel better, face his melted. face melted and he exploded. So but there's also, that. That the, was nice. The very <laughs> was it come up where he's like all of a sudden in a religious robe and headdress and just like saying weird religious things. And yeah, you're just well, like, you had to perform the ritual in order for everything to, you know. How does he know that? Because he at least has <laughs> the prestige necessary to understand like the tradition, the ritual, the history, and the context, right? He went to class. I guess, <laughs> Probably Indy's just... class. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that would be hilarious if he was just a student in the back. Just keep your head down. Yeah. He was one of the other students that Indy was backdooring in his free time. Dude, love you. Yeah. Creepy. Funky <sighs> Professor Jones. Yeah. He's so dreamy. Yep. Um, let's see here. I like Indiana Jones packing list, jacket, whip, pistol hat. <laughs> it's a get up, man. I don't leave home without any of those <laughs> items anymore. Uh, Indy's extremely lucky to play with his dates. The fact that he plays with his food so much before eating it saved yeah. saved his life for sure. Stupid monkey. Uh, sorry, some of these are just kind of thoughts I wanted monkey. to say. Yeah, I loved the monkey. Uh, this is, so when Marion gets thrown down into the pit with Indy, like that hole's not very big, and they just kind of push her. And I just love the thought of the alternate scene of, like, she, like, knocks her head on the concrete <laughs> on, on the way side. down, like, smacks that fucking idol, or, like, you know, that big statue over there, <laughs> and then just, like, hits the ground, dust comes up, and Indy's kind of like, eh. Hey, yeah, welcome just, to the party. <laughs> like, it's like, that girl's got spinal cord damage. I don't think I'm, gonna, I'm saving <laughs> she's, that. She's snake food, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. I'm going to look for a way out of here. Yeah. 
She's over there all, like, mangled and shit. Like, Indy, carry me out. I was like, fucking no. <laughs> can you feel your toes? I bet you can't. If you <laughs> move your big toe and I'll carry you out of here. <laughs> no? Oh, no. Sorry. All right. Bye, Marion. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Indy. Yeah. Uh, you, okay. So what are you, are you, uh, those are my notes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I just, I wanted to make sure I wasn't leaving you out in rotation. My writing is also bad. So me trying to read it. Some of it, you're not even sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hence why I type everything out into my phone. Cause I don't, I don't have the handwriting legibility for, you know, fast reading. You get it. So (laughs) I, I have improvised, adapted and overcome. (laughs) Well, sometimes if it's like far out before we do something is when I type it out. Yeah, because I'll write it down, and then I'm like, you know, I write down other stuff. So then I'm like, well, I can't have the you front page through it. Yeah. yeah, I can't have the front page just being this one. I'm gonna do forever from now. So then I throw it in the Google Docs. Yeah. Wow, this is a compelling podcast. Okay, so so talk more about those Google Docs. Yeah, I feel like this is more of a talking point. Like I feel like Marion should understand that, uh, like he couldn't rescue her right at that time yeah like right like she you, lacked the vision like you wouldn't have rescued her at that time right for the same reason indy said or would you have just been like i gotta get you out of here look at both points of view yeah. yes i they shot it from indy's perspective and everybody's like absolutely she's baggage if he takes her they're gonna come back in a tent in five minutes and be like she's gone someone's escaped Let's the, whole the whole place camp. is on high alert yeah There's no chance who are those people up on the hill that got yeah by exactly <laughs> like scot free earlier Wait, what the fuck are those guys doing Hey, you um, know, well, I brought those up to you earlier, but you didn't seem to care. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> but now the girl's missing and I care. Yeah. Um, but the other thought is just like, okay, well, like, what if they just, like, brutally beat her the whole time? And she's just like, she's just like, hey, please, God, get me out of here. That's They're the going to torture me more. And you're like. Grand scheme of things, there's no guarantee that she survives. You exactly. know, once they determine maybe she doesn't provide the information on, you know, the medallion thing or any, you know, anything else further. Yeah, they could make that call. Now, granted, Belloc was simping for her pretty hard. Oh yeah. So like he he, 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 was he was pretty like, protective of you yeah. know keeping her at least alive. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you know that. So at least she had that level of protection. But that's not something Indy was aware of. You know, she could have been discarded at any point. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, when she was deemed to not be useful. So it was a bold move on Indy's <laughs> side. An understandable move because, yeah, everything would have been on high alert and the rest of the operation would yeah. have been in jeopardy. Yeah. But maybe she would have died, too. Yeah. I Could've mean, either way. you're pretty confident if you're in the situation. You're like, obviously, it's easier to, you know, think for the perspective you aren't in, but that you could have. Sure. So, of course, you're like, well, I would have done this. It's like, yeah, well. I mean, till you're there, how do you know? Like when you're tied up in a tent with a bunch of Nazis yeah. rolling, running around. Tell me about the last time you made a mistake <laughs> and why it was within the past two weeks. Yeah, is it because you're still stupid? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tell me more. So a special features thing when they get thrown down into the snakes. Uh, so apparently, most of them were called glass snakes that were down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which are technically lizards because they blink, whereas snakes do not blink. They don't have lids. Right. Uh, so uh, those snakes do not, well, those lizards, I guess, <laughs> they do not bite. Uh, they're completely harmless. Uh, they said a lot of snakes would escape every day, unaccounted for. Uh, so they would <laughs> so good. 
Uh, so they would have to bring in uh, more New snakes. snakes. Because uh, they're just like, you know, and they, they would try to like wrangle, like they show like, you know, uh, you know, between shots, there's a guy like kind of like brushing snakes up, you know, like, hey, get the fuck out of there. They'd like pull him out. Of He's the got holes, like a like... broom. He's just scooping <laughs> yeah. him back in. I wonder what his official title was. If you look at the credits, snake wrangler, snake. snake yeah, probably snake wrangler, snake handler, <laughs> probably snake broomer. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so those are completely harmless. Uh, they did actually bring like the, the King Cobra on site. Mm-hmm. And had to have like anti venom around, Just in case. Um, so I'm guessing. I mean, they didn't go like so that shot's legit, but like I'm guessing that was a pretty legit shot of like Indy like standing there because they were talking about how, uh, you know, the cobra kind of like warns you it like stands up, it doesn't mm-hmm. like do anything right away, and it's like if you get any closer, that's when something happens. So I'm I'm imagining they probably pulled that shot off. <clears throat> well, I with a snake. I... I took it, on site. and I, I assumed that it was, like, just playing with the angle, and he was probably, like, 12 feet away. Oh, and, maybe. like, Snake came up, and he just, they just made it look like he was, like, oh, really man. close yeah. or something. Because they're, like, that's the other thing is just, well, like, like, a handy piece of glass. You fucking did what to Harrison Ford? Yeah. Like... He got bit by a fucking cobra. In the face? He's, right. he's got other doing? stuff he's got to do tomorrow. Yeah. How's he going to fly the yeah. Millennium Falcon with one eye? He's supposed to be Han Solo in 36 hours, you dickhead. <laughs> yeah. He's Han dead the right fuck? now. <laughs> it's fine. We had the Anzi Venom. He's just going to be blind in that eye. No yeah. big deal. No, no, you're right. That, it definitely could have been like some camera tricks just to kind of yeah. like, you know, trick that focus, um, you know, to make it seem like Indy was a little bit closer than, than what he really was. Or, or, you know, the paint of glass. I think yeah. about how they did the trick in that would be 2001 yeah. A Space Odyssey with the, uh, the pen. I was kind of floating through How it. How dare and... you bring up two? I was on a space odyssey again. Oh wait, Tyler told him about that. Loves that movie. Oh man, loves that movie. I I, I will watch it again. <laughs> Tyler will never watch it again. Again, I respect it visually for the era it was in, but I never want to see it again. Yeah, um, no symbolism. Fuck that. Fuck symbolism. Uh, a couple more notes of me going. Can you actually use a whip like that? You really can't. I looked it up. I didn't look it up. I'm just uh, I said fucking fucking I, women in adventure movies. I believe you can. Uh, good quote. I'm going after that truck. How? I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. Love Again, me. I love the honesty. Guy. Yeah. Lovable guy. The yep. first thing I looked up about it was just like, hey, everybody loves him because he fucked up that first scene where he like takes a little bit out of the bag of sand. And he's like, yeah, probably. Yeah. And like puts it into like, then it goes down. You're like, too heavy, dumbass. Run. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. When you introduce, I think, a protagonist like that, where it's a, a character whose best effort rather than, like, he's, you know, the 100% expert. Mm-hmm. You know, this wasn't a flawless run of the Indiana Jones video game as his life kind of thing. Yeah, sure. You know, this was the best effort. So it's like things are going to happen. You're going to miss button prompts. You know, you're going you're gonna to choose the wrong dialogue choice. But <laughs> by damn, are you going to get to the end credits? Yeah. I skipped through all the tutorials, and now I'm here. How do I play? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, uh, chase, I had a chase scene note. Just like, like for me, it was uh, like when I was a kid, the, the I lived for the chase scenes because I was just obsessed with cars as a kid. And now as I get older, I do lean more in the direction of Jason going like, "Are you fucking kidding me with a fourteen minute boat scene and live and let die? Unforgivable! <laughs> Unforgivable!" <laughs> 
so uh. at this point, I kind of look at them, uh, which is the only reason I'm reading this note, because I think the comment's funny, but I look at them like sex scenes, with, like as female actresses look at them, like, you know, it's like, yeah, sure, sex scene if it moves the plot along, like, yeah, sure, chase scene if it moves the plot along, yeah. you know? Which it does, but granted, But lingered. let's do it faster. Yeah, it yeah. lingered. Yeah. Like, it's necessary sometimes, you know? Yeah. Personal story. But. Sure, you when you tell me about your chase, scene? Your chase yeah. scene or your sex scene, whichever makes the most sense here. When I was six, oh boy, obviously not a sex scene. Hopefully, uh, I had. I love seen, how you cross your fingers yeah, as hopefully, if, as if repressed, you're not repressed. sure. I don't what remember the, story the sex yeah. but, until it comes out. Uh, so I was in the backyard with my dog on a leash, and I was like, I'd seen Indiana Jones. You already know what I'm going to say. No, I don't. Took a ball through it and like, boom. And just, like, got drugged by the dog. Because I was, like, I don't know, 40 pounds, 50 pounds. I was six. Yeah. And got drugged by the dog. And, like, instantly was, like, I'm Indiana Jones. And it was one like, of those, like. Because you're lassoed onto the dog pretty yeah. much at this point. And, and I was just, just, like, well, he did it with the whip in the truck. Why can't I do it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, like, one of those dumb kid, like, I've seen it. It's you know, possible. Let's what's odd, this. though, is, is probably those small moments where you see that as a kid. And, and like, the fear isn't there because you've seen this on TV before. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was like, I'm not scared because the dog is dragging me at, you know, 25 miles an hour. Because yeah. <laughs> Indy did it, and they were going at least 50. If I mean, Indy could do by it, the I way, would do it. Like, I think he's got some ripped clothes at that point. So, like, I, I, I looked through it pretty closely. Maybe a, maybe a burned cock or two. Yeah. <laughs> so, realistically, Bunch. yes. But I, I look back through that scene, and it's definitely sped up. So oh, they they drove at a phenomenally slow speed, You're right. and you and you can see through so especially through some of the turns because I think in the shooting he turned at a normal speed, so then once yeah. it sped up. It's uh, that old trigger, like like when you watch Doctor No, yeah. and he like flips that guy over. Yeah, they definitely were like, okay, you ready? And they like did this shit. And yeah, then, you they know, slow then they motion like, it and then double you know, speed it. Like, like yeah, yeah, like you. It's always funny to watch like the punching scenes in those older movies where it's like <laughs> you know like. Okay. Well, people yeah. don't move like that, but God, yeah. that's not natural at all. <laughs> that looked weird. But yeah. it kicked ass. But it does land pretty well, at least. At least we'll yes. to that scene. You know, you like you pick it up because I know to you know look for that kind of stuff because I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. But it's in not a the only sense, thing you're thinking about yeah. when you're watching it, though. Like it, still... it, it still lands pretty well and it still fits the scene. It's not that jarring that you're like, oh, that looks you know fake as shit. Mm-hmm. But. No. So my one note, maybe this should have been a dislikes, but I felt like it just fit once we get further through this. It's like when they get the arc back, like so much has already happened in this movie. Like it's it's a fucking wire to wire, like adventure this, adventure that, adventure this, you know. Right. And so like I'm almost like overstimulated at this point when they get the arc back and they're getting on the ship. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, there's still, like, the, it will, roughly 25, 30 minutes left like, in this it's movie. The bond, over. It's the Bond minutes. problem, right? Like, once you get an right. hour in, like, you're pretty confident this story could have been You're like, up. here comes yeah. the resolution. Yeah, like, you get an hour in, you know, he's with some girl in some other spot, and you're like, okay, here comes the ending. And they're like, actually, here's this other villain who's really been masterminding the whole thing. And you're like... Fuck! Who's that Pokemon? It's plot point two, three, and four. Fuck! Yeah, god damn it. <laughs> no chance. Diglett. Fuck! <laughs> that, that works, actually. Plot point two, three, and four. It's like a little... Yeah, like the three guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's Doug Trio. Just so, you know. so, I don't know. I was almost... <laughs> 
I'm almost adventured out at that point in the movie where I'm like, I can't take anymore. Yeah. And and uh. that's that's where I think like this type of movie excels, uh, you know, in comparison to like a James Bond is because the adventure part of it is very heavy handed in that first bit mm-hmm. that like, you know, in, in a Bond movie, you're just like, you know, by that hour, hour and a half mark, you're like, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. how is there still more movie left? Yeah. I'm tired, even though I haven't moved in an hour and a half. Right. But in, yeah. in, in the indie movies, I feel like it's kind of opposite. You've made a ton of progress kind of in that time period. And then it's like a aren't we done? Like, is, is, yeah. are, are we not at resolution yet? And then it's like, we're, 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 I think we're kind of like soft handing in some of those plot points. When yeah. the arc changes, has changed hands three times already. And yeah. you're like, it's going to change hands again. Uh, but the last hand is God. So sure. there's that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, so here's the other thing with that is yeah. like on the ship, I was, I was also just like, just fucking turn left, dude. Like, go where they're not expecting you. Run away. Do anything else. Yeah. And they're like, nah, we're just going to chug along. And then it shows the box of the arc, and it has, like, the swastika on it. It just, like, starts, like, burning out. And I was like, here we go. Like, it's one of those you're just like, come on, dude. Now, yeah. can you like, confidently tell me why it started burning? I would guess it has something to do with symbolism. With, yeah, God, <laughs> Nazis are evil. Like I was just like, I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. Why though? Exactly. I was well, because like, it's the like fuck? there's a Jew thing inside the evil Nazi thing where yeah. it kills no, no, Jews. No, no. Expand on that. Yeah, the Jew thing. The Ark yeah, of the you know the yeah. Jew thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you remember? Uh, <laughs> I feel like it was less weird until you repeated it. You know? Sure. <laughs> that's what all the viewers thought. Yeah, which one? Yeah, <laughs> it's me. It's All me two. during editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what Jason one. was thinking. Uh, I just commented after Marion kissed Sala. Some would say that wasn't the sound of the ship horn, but of Sala getting an erection. Probably <laughs> he was now. So they uh, when she gave the kiss on either cheek, and it was like this one's for somebody, this one's for somebody, wife, this one's for you, kind of thing. You, yeah. I was like Sala, like are you a bad guy that you're kind of getting like a little smitten on this girl just because she she gave you some affection? Like, do you not have a wife and kids at home right now? It's like, that's a lot. That's well, that classic 1980s look, guy. One thing I forgot to mention, uh, Sala, his actor, is Gimli from Lord of the Rings. And that is just uh, the, the littest thing ever. Cause, really? Because Gimli's obviously a dwarf in Lord yeah. of the Rings, but Sala is a giant of a yeah. man. And it was a struggle to get him to look <laughs> like a dwarf in Wait, that's Lord of the Rings. Legitimately, but, that's yes. the actor? Yeah. Yeah, this is not a bad casting segment. <laughs> this, is. This, this is a real <laughs> casting segment. Mind fucking blown. Yeah. Uh, rookie move by Indy. Well, goddammit, Indy, where doesn't it hurt? Like, you know where to point. <laughs> you know, on, on character point in general, because to me that was like such a weird point. To be of, fair, his dick's probably burnt from the getting dragged behind the car. Right. Anyway, go ahead. But it's such, such an odd matter. point of vulnerability for that character, because usually you don't see like your rugged, like American main character have emotions or feelings. Like, there's nothing really within a certain realm of like neutral to sad kind of thing. So, like, to him to be in this very simp-like state of, like, well, it, it kind of hurts here. And then she kisses it. And he's like, well, it, it kind of hurts here on my cheek, too. It doesn't she, hurt. Like, yeah. Here's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it just, it, it felt so odd. But also, I guess, I if you want to, like, pull that to, like, the point of realism, it's like, hey, you know, he just wanted the nut a little bit, you know? So, it's like, you're going to you're gonna start flirting with the girl in front of you. And obviously, him and Marion have the, the history. 
So, like, that's there. And then I thought it was extremely fitting for him to pass out mm-hmm. before it went anywhere. Because it's, like, outside of just being really horny and kind of wanting Marianne to give him some fuss and attention and some affection. He's like, I've been hauling ass all day, Marianne. I'm going nappy-poo. <laughs> I just do want to wake up. the next morning she did wake up without her... Uh, uh, Close. Yeah, something on, happened. So. Yeah. Bing bong. He woke up eventually. Mm-hmm. They they got it done. Uh, say what you will about the Nazis, but they are persistent. Uh, <laughs> uh, they arrive on the island, and Belloc and Marion look at each other a certain way. How do you think Marion's trip went uh, to the island? <laughs> uh, also, it is around this time where I'm thinking, hey, uh, whatever university Indy works at really has flexible time off policy. Uh, he just came back from South America a couple days ago and then, you know, runs out to fucking Egypt. So if, Never if have you, I thought about this, the whole movie. If, if, if you remember when he was teaching the class at the beginning, after he dismisses it, he's like, my office hours, I'll be in on Wednesday, but not Thursday. And I think all of that was a lie. Oh, yes. Because I'm pretty sure he left (laughs) that night to go to, uh, you know, on his way to Egypt. Yeah. So to meet up with Salah. You mean to tell me there's an Ark of the Covenant? There, the the girl with love you on her eyes, uh, she definitely showed up on Thursday ready for the double Dutch dunk and did not receive it. Oh, my God. Yeah. She had something else written on her vagina. I'll let you guess. What is that guy's PTO? (laughs) Yeah. no, Exactly. Uh, what do you think happens if he blows up the Ark? Like, is it just... Like, does something crazy happen because of, obviously, what we saw in the end of the movie? That's how the Beatles were born. So, I think think about... This is a hypothetical, though. So, think about magic, right? So, and and it's weird to talk about religion as magic, but think about magic for a sec, right? So, you have, you know, like, catalysts or the source or, like, the, the thing that hones the magic and then lets it do the thing. So if the arc is the catalyst that lets the magic do the thing, sure. if you blow it up, it might immediately just do the same effect to all the people within the surrounding vicinity. Yeah. But then, you know, when you think of that pillar of fire that comes up at the end of this and then eventually nestles down back into the arc, the lid comes onto it, that doesn't take place. So two options there. If he RPGs the arc... It kills everybody, and, you know, the fire that I'm pretty sure was in the Bible of the fire that was cast out and destroyed, like, an entire, you know, village or city or whatever. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah? Potentially. Bible stuff. I'm, I'm, I, I, I do struggle Bible. in this category sometimes, so forgive me for that. But, you know, so that comes down, and potentially that persists, and that, you know, wipes out the whole world. Or, inversely... The whole world, wow. It could have, you know. Uh-huh. If, no, if, if the fire the thought, is uncontained, yeah. if magic no longer has the catalyst to give it rules and instructions, then it's just a thing that persists, right? Sure. So the other hand of that is is it just maybe kills the people in that general area, and then it dissipates, and then everyone is gone. There's no evidence or anything. That's the ultimate, like, if I can't have you, no one can have you thing. A by little Andy, bit. Then if yeah. the whole world dies. <laughs> He's like, give me the girl. No. Yeah. <laughs> Death to the world. Which would have been cool if it felt like Indy cared maybe just a tad more about Marion than what it was there. You know, there was yeah. definitely some of the, the interest. Dude, they made him seem like he was not into her whatsoever. It made it seem like he... Well, I mean, I guess, you know, when they first had that conversation back in her bar, there was some guilt involved around kind of how their relationship started in that early phase of it. Um, you know, so obviously some of that, like, wasn't pleasant. So maybe Indy was holding on to that pretty heavily, uh, you know, up until they eventually boned later. Um, you know, to where he said, fuck it, I'm horny. Um, you know, so there, there probably would have been a little bit of that. But, you. Yeah. I'm horny, I'm awake, you're right there, let's go. 
classic James Bond. Yeah, <laughs> baby. I, I hate to do so many comparisons, but so many flags between this and Temple of Doom came out. Well, when you watch 25 of them, I sure. mean, it's kind of like, I, I don't know. What I just, isn't James Bond? It's all I what think about. James Bond? Everything is Bond. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the bug on Belloc's face in that one scene in the canyon is just obviously the result of, like, you know, they weren't redoing a bunch of shots. And mm-hmm. so I just thought that was funny of, like, well, there it is. Um, apparently that canyon is the same place uh, they shot R2-D2 getting kidnapped in episode 4 of Star Wars. That's neat. Where ah. Indy's holding the RPG to the arc, so that's fun. That is pretty neat. I like reused scenes and set pieces. You remember when we were talking about, like, Aliens and Terminator? Oh, yeah, You know, yeah. there some, like, similarities between the two of those, uh, you know, had some shots, so. Yeah. I like that. Uh, okay. Prequel to Bird Box. Watch an ending. Marion Skull. Do you think Indy gets therapy after he gets home, after going through all of this trip and seeing like a meta religious, you know, pillar of fire cast down He's and kill like forty fucking people? I do just you, do you think he recovers well enough, or do you think that trip to the bar did him in and he was like, All right, let's let's go to the next movie. Yeah. Can you imagine if he just like eh, I'll just write a book later? Well, <laughs> well, I think you should really that, like, that is go, the two thousands approach, I'll tell you that at yeah. least. He's like, You should go talk to somebody. He's like what, am I gay? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, back then, right? Like, like it's 1981. Exactly. Yeah. Or the it was like 36. 1936. 1936. Yeah. And you're just like, like, no, I like, I eat 15 raw eggs for breakfast. Like, what am I gay? Like, well, yeah, there's like, like, well, I mean, yeah, back then, right? Like, mental health just, ain't a thing. Yeah, no, soldiers like, just came home from the war. It's like he's yeah. he's different now. <laughs> like that was it. Like yeah, like dad's weird. Dad's different now. He's got a. He temper. left a Johnny. Oh. He came back a Jonathan and beats me. Yeah, Uncle yeah. Kevin acts very differently around Fourth of July. Don't you just let him wake up? You yeah. just let him wake up. Don't wake him up. Don't, Don't wake, wake him up. up. Do not. Hey, do not go in there. If if you find Kevin uh, army crawling through the kitchen in the middle of the night, you do not Leave him address alone. him. You just Don't turn engage. around. Walk you right get around. your cup of water and you go back to bed. Yeah. It may be locked your bedroom door. Yeah. If he's standing above your bed at night, even though you locked your door because that's just who he is, try not to move. <laughs> Why are you breathing? Don't him? make any odd noises. He may interpret that as Viet Cong noises. <laughs> just kept calling everybody Charlie. No, Charlie! <laughs> Charlie! Um, Alright, so dumb question. How does he get his hat back? Did he leave it on the pirate ship? <laughs> like, you know, because he's got it and, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, granted, I, I think he was wearing a nicer hat at the end of the movie. So, I, but he get he has his adventurer's hat back when he's uh, doing uh, Crusade, Last Crusade, so... Because Temple of Doom is technically before this. I got to tell you that the hat not being there after that scene did not click with me whatsoever. Because he's wearing the Nazi cap. Yeah. And he's he was in the water. Yeah, where's the hat come from? So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so that was a dumb question. Well, you know somehow those like safari hats, they have like the little hook on it there. Maybe he just hooks it onto his belt and carries it around as a secondary hat. Could be. Or maybe he just like rolls it up. Yeah. Puts it in his pocket, you know. I mean, it's old enough. Probably seems pliable enough. I feel like a guy like that's not going to do that. You're oh, right. Thank God I brought my hat with me. You're not going to ruin your don't, hat. Don't waste that. You got hat. one good hat. Yeah. He's like, oh, the, the depression hit us all hard. Don't waste that good hat. <laughs> Back pocket that thing. Mm. Uh, and then what do we think about uh, 
like what'll happen in five. I only thought about this because I watched Crystal, Crystal Skull this week. You mean the good one? Uh, no, I mean the bad one. <laughs> um, and like you see the arc there, and of course it it holds no relevance to the rest of the Crystal Skull, which we won't go into. We'll talk about that when we cover that movie. But um, it was like a tiny little Easter egg of like, a, hey, thanks for watching. Is that all you think it is? Cause, well, because yeah, they, like, they're calling it Dial of Destiny or whatever. And I'm just wondering, like, what could the dial be? And I'm like, well, is it the medallion that was the top of the... Do you remember Tomb like, Raider happened to where the she had uh, that thing that went back in time? I, I didn't know Tomb Raider and stuff. Okay. Well, I, I'm thinking that. Is it a time travel thing? It's a little bit of a, like, brief time travel thing. I can't remember the exact context of it because it's probably been, like, 16 years since I've seen that yeah. movie. But The only one I remember is, like, don't open Pandora's box. Yeah. But, you know, there there's a thing, and there was a thing, and it turned back time a little bit, and then, you know, the world collapsed around her a little bit. Um, you know, so things along hmm. that lines. Uh, you know, Dial of Destiny, it makes me think kind of like a time travel or alternate universe type of scenario, especially yeah. with, like, the Marvel-verse right now. It's a very hot category. Dude, if Indiana like, Jones turns get in into on a, that. <laughs> if Indiana Jones turns into a time travel thing, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, but, but maybe, like, a timeline reset even, though, you know, because that's, that's not as far-fetched in the grand scheme of, like, narratives, but at least as far as what's hot right now, like, you know, universe resets and context resets, yeah. that's 100% a thing that's kind of hot right now, so. How fucking pissed are you going to be if it opens up and it's just, like, Indy's like, all right, so about that quantum realm. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> what like, I'm son of a bitch. I'm what I'm worried out. about <laughs> is is Fast 11, where they get the DeLorean that goes back in oh, time. Oh, God. <laughs> I've, I've made peace with Fast and Furious. I'm just, I'm going to ignore it. Right. Maybe right, one Dom, day. This is a DeLorean. That's a flux capacitor. No, this is family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, flux family. They go back and stop Paul Walker from, Walker from crashing. Oh, Paul, no. R.I.P. All right, I'm about done, I think. Yep. Anybody else got anything? I'm good. I'm set. All right. Well, thank you for watching or listening. Uh, Consecrates Hotline Yahoo.com with your complaints, concerns, whatever. Uh, also suggestions. feedback. Yeah, feedback in general, yeah. You don't have to um, be mean. You don't have to be mean. <laughs> but it is a lot. If you could just stop being mean, that would be much appreciated. Don't be hurtful. We're it's, tired. It's totally allowed, though. Uh, you know, tell us what's wrong. Suggestions for other stuff, uh, whatever. Uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, subscribe and, uh, thanks. Bye.